The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Ever wondered how a book gets made into a movie? Or how to master the art of cooking? Either way, we've got you covered with the Two Guys from Hollywood podcast. I'm Alan Nevins, a literary agent and talent manager. And I'm Joey Santos, a columnist and celebrity chef. On our podcast, we're going to be serving you a fresh perspective of the entertainment industry alongside our favorite celebrity guests. As we like to say, we don't dish, we serve. Listen and follow Two Guys from Hollywood on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll talk at you soon. We're going to cause trouble. Scott Farrell is calling the shots from the sideline. We're going to make fun of people. We're going to hurt people's feelings. It's Farrell on the bench. I believe in whipped cream with everything. Pharrell on the bench in the biggest way possible, hanging out the bad seat, the broken ain't a bad apple with a bad attitude, hanging around a bunch of bad letters, bad taste, bad life, bad do, bad breath, bad attention, bad vibes. We are live in the Pharrell Palatial right across the river and through the woods from where Granny busted open a new, new pack of flour tonight when she was drinking JMO in New York City, the Big Apple. Ooh. People dressed in plastic bags, directed traffic, some kind of fashion check it up, should do better. Home of friend to come around, flights of flights of party up, rats on the west side, bed bugs uptown, what a mess, this town's a tatter, my brains is splattered all over Manhattan, should do be check out, ooh. Hey, what's gigging, it's Pharrell with Mafia tonight, and right now, Dallas up 47-34 on the clip joint, just under six minutes uh, to go in the second. And it's been all Dallas so far, but they, you know, it's not like, I mean, they've had a couple of runs where they had a big lead and then the Clippers have been able to kind of dig at it and stay in it. And it's not like they're, you know, down like Philly was down. Uh, I think the Clippers are still in this game. So when I see uh, Kawhi getting to the line, when I see uh, Kawhi hitting threes, and when I see the ball movement. The problem I'm seeing is, is that PG's got three fouls already. He's playing with three fouls and uh, they just weren't hitting shots. And the Mavs look fantastic right now. It's down to 11 and, you know, let's see if Dallas can handle the prosperity. Let's see if they can take advantage of this big lead they had tonight. They have to get back into the series. They can't afford to go down uh, two to the Clippers. They lose this game. They're finished. Uh, the Sixers lost. They're finished. I, I don't care what anybody says. They got whacked by 27 tonight. It was absolutely pathetic. Get on the bench with us tonight. Have you written a book and need some insight into what comes next? Or are you passionate about cooking and want to know how to make it your career? Or maybe you just want to hear insider stories about the entertainment industry. Either way, we've got you covered with the two guys from Hollywood podcast. 
I'm Alan Nevins, a literary agent and talent manager. And I'm Joey Santos, a columnist and celebrity chef. And on our podcast, Two Guys from Hollywood, we bring our expertise to the table with, of course, delicious cocktails and all kinds of recipes for you to try at home. So grab a drink and join us. We've got a wide range of celebrity guests and Hollywood insiders to discuss pop culture, publishing, and entertainment. And we'll provide you with an unfiltered and sometimes brutally honest show about Hollywood. As we like to say, we don't dish, we serve. Listen and follow Two Guys from Hollywood on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll talk at you soon. told you uh the uh mavs are blowing this game <laughs> did i not just say <laughs> the clippers are hanging around <laughs> they're not getting rid of them they're not running them into the ground they're not burying them uh they had the chance to do it the way they came out on fire but they've let them back in this game it's a four-point game now and you know what's gonna happen right like <laughs> this is just inevitable they are not as good as the Clippers. That's bottom line. And it takes a monster effort to beat them, in my opinion. I'm talking about Doncic has to have a triple-double, and Porzingis needs to have 30 and at least 15 boards and four block shots. But we all know, uh, listen, I like Porzingis' game. The guy can stroke for a big. I mean, the guy's enormous, and he can shoot threes. There's no denying that he can get streaky. But there's just a point where I just think he's a little bit candy-ass. I mean, he just doesn't get involved in any kind of banging. He doesn't get involved in physical play. He doesn't – don't be fooled in game one, him sticking up for Doncic and getting into it with, you know – the Clippers, you know, he starts going at it and, you know, he's shoving people and everything else. Who was he shoving mafia again? Yeah. Morris. So he, Morris had beat his ass in a fight, right? Like that wouldn't even be fair. So, I mean, Morris is a gangster. He'd, he'd rough him up. He'd punch him through his chest and the guy'd be in the hospital. So, I just don't think he likes getting into all that, you know, contact and anything below the elbows in the block, anything down low. Look, I know he can block shots. I know he can shoot. I know he can uh, lob dunk. I mean, he's 7'4". You think he could uh, lob dunk? I mean, we also know uh, Marijuanovic can do whatever he wants. I think he's awesome, too, with his big hands. He can pass and he can dunk. He can make some little mini hooks and stuff. 
But the bottom line is, is that, I mean, it takes, like, they don't have anyone else, in my opinion, that really stands out to me that can produce. I've never been a fan, really, of Hardaway, to be honest with you. I know he can have a periodic good game. I know he can uh, step up once in a while and do some things. Like tonight, he's having his usual performance. He's got three points. Porzingis has 10. Doncic has 15. Uh, Marijuanovic has 10. Uh, here's the deal. No one on that team does anything. You know what I mean? Like, they, they just don't. Kleber's got two. Finney Smith has three. Hardaway, three. Kid Gilchrist played one minute, no points. Burke's got seven. They're just begging him to shoot. He's three of five from the floor, but they're they're just letting him shoot. They're like, you just take it, take the shot. And then uh, Curry's got two. I, I saw Curry hit a little uh, popper from underneath the elbow and get it in on. He was trying to do a little uh, two on one uh, pick and roll with Marijuanovic, and he was going to lob it up to him, but then he shot it himself and made it. How is that guy playing on this team? And he's got. You know, 11 minutes, one shot. Curry's a shooter. I mean, that's his job, right? Is to shoot threes. They're not giving him any looks. So it's the same story. It's two guys. That's their whole team. It reminds me of, frankly, the Bucks. No one wants to hear it. I know how defensive everyone is in Milwaukee. Uh, believe me, I've been on the air there forever. They get all kinds of testy when you even question their team. But you can uh, have a drink, uh, smoke a fatty, and, you know, eat this. It's the Giannis show. That's all it is. That, that's what your team is. It's the Giannis show. I won't deny that guy's great. I think he's incredible. He's fun to watch play. Uh, I'd love to have him on any team that I was rooting for. But the rest of that team, you can have it. <laughs> I'm telling you. And listen, same thing in L.A. You're going to gangster me in L.A.? You're going to give me some of that uh, Crenshaw or something? You're going to give me the uh, Bloods and Crips because I say that the uh, Lakers are a LeBron and Davis show only. And at best, Kuzma. I am not buying, I've said this every night, I will say it again, I'm not buying Danny Green anymore. His shot is ass. I mean, it is. He'll have one good game, and he'll have seven bad games, and you can't even deny it. You can't even argue it. So, like, some nights he can hit, and, and then other nights he just is a disaster. I mean, it's not even worth talking about it anymore. The guy has not been shooting well on the Lakers. Uh, Pope can hit one once in a while. He can get hot and have a good game. Fair enough. That's fine. But not consistently. Not like every single time they play, you can count on him to hit two or three of them. You know, if they have no outside game right now, if LeBron isn't hitting, LeBron's game has evolved into a control game, a triple-double control game. He can get you 10 uh, without spitting, right? And then, but it's the passing and the rebounding and the control of the game and the control of the offense and getting the pill to Davis is what he does so well. And really, uh, the ball movement, everything that they do is because of uh, the facilitation of LeBron. And Davis is unstoppable. I'll give you that. But it's the same thing. It's two guys. That's it. And 
I have a problem with that. Listen, I am telling you, you can sit there and argue with me until the cows come home. Kawhi, Morris, Zubats, Reggie Jackson, Paul George. I mean, Harold, Lou Williams, Shamit, every single guy. I mean, every single guy. Now, I'll give you tonight, Paul George is having a disastrous game. He's playing with three fouls. He's got no points. He's only taken two shots. Something's wrong with that. You cannot win a game. The Clippers cannot win a game where Paul George doesn't score and doesn't do anything because he's playing tentative. That's for sure. But uh, Kawhi's got 14. Morris got six. Zubat's got two and a board. Reggie Jackson's got nine and three threes. That's what he's done. Three threes for nine points and a board. Green's got two. Harrell's got five and a board. Lou Williams got 12 and a three. Two boards, three dimes. Shamit's got a board, two dimes. And he hasn't shot. And Shamit's a shooter. He's a three shooter. Now, you get my drift? This is simple. Mafia hates hearing it. I always say I ball every day of my life. There is nothing. Mafia, you know as well as I do, you won a bunch of championships with the Pharrell Ballers. I, I know it's not the NBA. I'm just talking about team ball, having five or six guys that all contribute automatically, no matter what, ball movement, contributions from everyone. Everyone does something. You're in there blocking shots. You're getting four layups. Uh, you know, you're using your uh, five fouls. You, you know, you use four of them, hard fouls. You you make, you deny buckets in the paint to anybody. You got me scoring 15, 18 points. You got uh, Copper scoring 35. You got Killer having 10 and eight dimes. You got Money's got uh, 18 points, five threes. I mean, uh, he's got two dimes, two rebounds. Uh, what? team have you ever played on with me where we didn't have five or six guys uh contributing it's that simple we we always have contributions from everybody the lakers got two guys that's it stop selling me this white boy caruso his game is ass hey everyone it's michelle williams and i love being able to share my story with you on my podcast checking in with michelle williams where my guests and i get real as we share the ups and downs of our mental health journeys, and I'd love for you to join me. I'm still on my own journey, but I want to be transparent with you because as I was posting all the highlights of my life on social media, I was breaking down. And too many people fall victim to the picture-perfect image of the high life, so I created a space to discuss the good and the bad. We can laugh, man. We're going to learn, and most of all, I hope to inspire you to go on this journey with me to better mental health. This is going to be your church, your turn up, and everything in between. So join me on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, a safe space for every kind of person. Listen to Checking In with Michelle Williams every Tuesday, a part of the Black Effect on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Event. So, I, you know, this is what I'm talking about. Mafia, like, jump in on this. So uh, am I crazy 
when I'm always talking about, like, you cannot beat that team, in my opinion. They're down 61-56 of the half. You can't beat that team with two players. I mean, there's no productivity from anywhere else. When you play on uh, our team for all ballers, like, how many guys? We have, what, seven guys on the team? And what? All seven guys do something. I mean, automatic every night. Mike's frozen. What the hell? All right. So, uh, Mafia is not like uh, able to get on the air. Apparently, the microphone's broken or something. So, I'm done. I'm done with that. I can't even deal with it anymore. I, I'm so sick and tired of trying to get him on the air and make it work. I'm just done with it. So, I'll talk to the fans, and that's it. I'm watching a game. I'm talking to the fans. There you go. Everybody's happy. I'm done fighting it. So, um, there you go. Uh, anyway, at the half, 61-56 Mavericks, and uh, I want to look at the box score again. It's Doncic 22-6-7, uh, Porzingis 10-5 boards, no dimes, blah, 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 two threes for Zinger. He's got to pick it up. Like, if they're going to win this game, they're up 61-56, and he's got 10. I told you, he's got to have 30. He's got to have 30. And Doncic has to, uh, you know, in my opinion, he's got to have 42 to 45 points if they're going to beat him because it's a two-man show. It's a two-man show. Uh, Nobody else does anything. You can't do that because that's that's why the whole concept of the big three was started with Boston and then Miami. It's never been the big two for a championship team because if you have two players – they can be shut down by five guys. If you have three, it's a lot harder because then you can't double-team everybody because then it leaves too many guys open, too many guys that can move the ball, get easy layups and transition or you know easy assists and alley-oops. You need at least three, and that's the problem for the Mavericks. They have two and maybe a half at best with Hardaway Jr., but other than that, none of these guys have stepped up to be the, you know, the true third musketeer here. So what I asked you before, uh, before dealing with all your problems – uh, tell me, am I wrong about playing with us? Like when you play with us, what happens? What what happens with the ball movement and with everyone's productivity? Do, do you right. get five or six guys producing? Absolutely. Everyone has a role and some guys are more, you know, defensive, some more offensive, but there is nobody on the team that can't score. We had some of the guys like that and, you know, they eventually by the wayside got taken out because you can't have a situation where it's so focused on one or two guys because then that leaves, like I said, you know, the opportunity for the defense to do so many things against you to shut you down. You need everybody to be able to put in the basket. And if you have a guy that's not being able to do that at all, then don't get him on the court. You can't have one end or the other. It's got to be both ends you play at. All right. So when you watch uh, the Lakers last night, right now, I'll give you, as I mentioned every time, the same thing, right? So, uh, Davis had 28, LeBron had 23, and Kuzma had 14. And did I not tell you? Now, Danny Green had 10, uh, but he went 2 of 8 from downtown and 4 of 12 from the floor. He's, I, I don't care what anybody says, I'm done with Danny Green. I mean, he's just, you know, I, I know he'll have that one game where he'll have 25, and, and, and that's once a month, okay? That's not every night. Here's what they get every night. They get the LeBron Davis show, and then everybody else, Kuzma gives you something. He had 14 and eight boards. Uh, he's just a shooter. He went one of five from downtown. But nobody else did anything. Caruso, one of six, 0 of three from uh, downtown, two points. Terrible. Howard, uh, two of five, four points, five boards. Uh, Morris, five points, uh, three rebounds. Just not good. You know, it's just not good enough. Pope, 0 for 9 from the floor, 0 for 5 from 3. Uh, he's, you know, 
I already said it on the show. He'll have one good game. He's like, he's legitimately like Green. He'll have one good game, two good games. I'll give him two good games a month. And then I'll give Green one good game a month. Now, people can say I'm crazy, but the proof's in the pudding, Romeo. I mean, take a look. Take a look. Watch the games. What game are you watching? What game are you watching? I'm watching them just chuck bricks left and right from downtown. They went five of 32 from downtown. I mean, stop me. Somebody call me and stop me when I'm wrong. 844-843-6879. Until then, shut up. Right, the problem with this team, Scott, is that you had so many guys that were in like, you know, reserve roles or just kind of show up and anything you do is great. You know, just play defense. And if you score a couple of points, that's awesome. But we don't need you to. But they were thrust into bigger roles and bigger pressure because of Rondo being down, because Brave, uh, Avery Bradley sitting out. Now, all of a sudden, guys like Caruso, guys like, you know, uh, Caldwell Pulp, all of a sudden have to actually put the ball in the basket on a consistent basis. And that's not what they were supposed to do. That's not what you brought them in there for. Uh, McGee had eight boards. I'll give him that. Six points, eight boards, three of five from the floor. Uh, they gave him 13 minutes. They don't play Quinn Cook. They don't play J.R. Smith at all. Uh, I have to tell you, now, Caruso plays 29 minutes, one of six, over three, from downtown. I am starting to question anyone that tries to sell me this guy's game, that he's got uh, something special, because I, I just don't see it at all. Uh, in fact, Quinn Cook, I think, is a better player, and he's got a ring. So he's been in big games any way you slice it. J.R. Smith has been in bigger games. Caruso's never played in playoff games. That was probably his first playoff game last night. And he had a great game, one of six, over three. Uh, I keep saying it, right? If he's so good, look at those numbers. Look at that performance in 29 minutes. I Listen, I played 29 minutes uh, yesterday. I, I played actually 90 minutes, and I had I, I hit 23s. I hit 23s yesterday in 90 minutes. Trust me when I tell you. And Mavi will back me up. I'll chuck from anywhere, and I will hit. I can hit floating, running, threes, corner threes, wherever, straight out. I'll shoot him from wherever. He knows it's true. He hates hearing about it because he's sick and tired of it because he's played with me for 15 years. But he knows what happens. I can score from anywhere. Caruso from anywhere. I'll chuck it, and I'll hit it. And the thing with those guys, too, is not not only are they not in roles that you want them in, but now we also have with the depth problems. I mean, now you have to guard Lillard, McCollum. Like, you're working so hard on the defensive end. By the time these guys get to the offensive end, they're gassed. And Kuzma having to go down and, you know, guard Nurkic and Collins. And, you know, the Whiteside, those guys are going to take him to the woodshed physically. By the time they get down to the offensive end, they got nothing left because they're getting beaten up so badly on defense. Look at uh, every single guy on that team scored. Anthony, 11. Gabriel, who's, you know, nobody, he had four. Nurkic, 16 and 15 boards. Dame, 34, 5 and 5. CJ, 21 and 5 boards. Hazania, tw- uh, 2. He at least scored. Whiteside, 7 and 8 boards. Gary Trent, 5 and 1 3. He had a big 3 in that game. He usually, he'd been scoring 20 a game in the bubble. That's the worst game I've seen Trent have was last night. But every single guy on that team scored. And the Lakers got two guys, three, you know, same as I've always said. Kuzma gives you 14, so you got three guys that can play. And the rest of them are hot garbage. Landfill. Landfill style. Steamy landfill. 
And that's why they lost. They lost because you can say whatever you want. Uh, the other team played hard every game in the bubble for two weeks, right? They played every game like it was their last day on earth. And then they had to play a play-in game against Memphis. And then they had to turn around and face the number one seeded Lakers, who everyone thought was going to wipe them off the floor. And what happened was you got five guys in that rotation that produce at a high level, even Mello. His, I, I said it today on Coast to Coast, his baseline turnaround fade is sick. It's patented. It's patented by the federal government. You can't even get that. It's trademarked. And then his elbow, wing, uh, you know, shot at the elbow, shot on a uh, wing, you know, turnaround. Forget it. He's too big. You can't stop it. He, he steps back and shoots that uh, popper over the defender every time, and he makes them. He misses some shots. But he's a pure shooter. That's it. Pure shooter, pure scorer. CJ, pure scorer. Dame, electrifying. Uh, Nurkic has become a monster. Collins isn't even playing. They are getting productivity. That was the worst game Trent played in three weeks. And that's why they're in it. They are going to have problems with their scoring, their ball movement. Uh, I think... Uh, they can't stop Davis. They can't stop LeBron. So what they've done is they've stopped everybody else. That's what they're doing. Stop everybody else. Let those two guys kill you. Let's see if those two guys can put up 105 points. Because the rest of the Lakers can't. What they put up? 93? They couldn't put up. I mean, what was it? 193? Let's see him put up 100. Let's see him put up 105. Now look. The Lakers absolutely have to win that game tomorrow night. Mafia, you know they're going to win that game. There's no way that they're not winning that game tomorrow night. In my opinion, now, everything will turn around tomorrow night. You'll see. The Lakers are going to get ball movement. They're going to get some uh, numbers out of Pope. They're going to get some numbers out of Green. And they're going to get Kuzma going again. I'll bet Kuzma has 18, 20 points. And uh, I think LeBron will have another triple-double. And I think Davis, I mean, Davis had a huge game anyway. He always does, right? Davis gives you 28 and 11. I'll bet Davis goes for uh, 35 and 16. I'll bet he does. They have to win. If they go down two to the Blazers, you know, they're in big trouble. Because then if they lose the first two, then you know that at that point we established that the Blazers are better than the Lakers, that they're a better team. The Lakers are a better star package on ESPN that they sell us every day, but the Blazers are playing better basketball. I think the kid Gallagher from the uh, Canadians oh, just had like, it looks to me like he had a, a, maybe some of his teeth knocked out in the game against the Flyers. He's just gushing blood over on the bench from his mouth. And all of his teeth, literally all of them are covered in blood. And I don't know if he lost any of them, but he's definitely got some, like, he's bleeding like the Exxon Valdez. But three and a half minutes to go. Montreal is on a power play, and they lead the Flyers four to three, trying to stave off elimination up 
3-1 Philadelphia and losing 3-1 in the series and losing this game 4-3 right now with three minutes to go. So the Flyers need a goal to tie it to force uh, an overtime. Otherwise, it'll be 3-2, and they'll still lead the series. But uh, it's 4-3 right now, Montreal, so there's no confusion. In the game four, or game five, it's 3-1 in the series. Philadelphia leads. But um, the Canadians are trying to stay alive with a win tonight, and they're up a goal with 245 and counting left. And uh, the Flyers are having their problems getting the puck, let alone uh, scoring. They can't even get the puck. Well, I know this much. They can't get it through the neutral zone and into Montreal's end. They have clamped down on them. They cannot get the puck into the offensive zone. So they're trapping them and doing everything in the middle and clogging it up. And they have literally, uh, they can't even, A, get it into the middle, let alone into the offensive end. And they can't get their goalie, Carter Hart, off the ice to have an empty net attack. They can't even get him off the ice because they can't get the puck up uh, up the ice. So. They look like they're going down tonight. They need some kind of miracle right now because they're not doing anything to get the puck in. I mean, Montreal is just devouring them in the neutral zone. I had more fun watching a guy bleeding than watching this game. Under two now, and they have it. Uh, I'm watching this one as well because the uh, second half will start any second in that uh, Mavs-Clippers game. But I've been watching hockey all day. and. I hit Tampa, I hit the Bruins, I hit the Avs. So I was 3-0 and going into this Flyers game, and uh, I took the Flyers to end the series, but it doesn't look like they're going to get it done. They need a miracle right now with an empty net. I, I don't even, they got the empty net now, and they got it into the Montreal end, but they're having trouble keeping the puck. I know that much. Uh, they're trying to set something up. They need to shoot instead of passing it around into the corners. That's all they're doing is passing it around a horn. It's embarrassing, this empty net uh, extra man attack they got going. It's embarrassing. They need to shoot. They haven't shot it once. Finally, they shot it over the net, but they have not done anything on this man advantage. So that's all it is, six on five, because they, they're not shorthanded, the uh, Canadians. They're just six on five with the extra attacker. And the Flyers can't even uh, do anything right. 41 seconds left, dead whistle, and it's 4-3 Canadians. All they have to do is finish this up. Listen, it is hard to score on Carey Price. I'm surprised they got three goals on him tonight. And I'm really surprised that uh, Carter Hart gave up four goals tonight after having shutouts in the last two games. What was it? One nothing and two nothing. So they didn't score a goal for 130 minutes. And then they erupt for four tonight. So I guess their backs to the wall. They did it just like the uh, Capitals did it. They'll play game five tomorrow. The Islanders up 3-1 in that series. And then uh, also, what is the game? There's another game tomorrow. Oh, Flame Stars. And the Stars are up, uh, I think, 3-2 in that one. That, I think that's game six tomorrow of that series. So Dallas has won the last two games, and they stole one of them. They, they stole one. Remember, they scored with 11 seconds left and then won it in overtime. So believe me, you, Dallas stole that thing, and then they won the next game. And I think they got uh, Calgary right where they won them now, to be honest with you, if you're into the hockey scene. 
But I just, I can't, they're in a timeout now. The Flyers have called a timeout to try to figure out their problems. They can't keep the puck uh, in the zone and they're passing it around and they're not shooting. They, I, they've had the empty net since about a minute 10 and they've had one shot and it, it wasn't even a shot. It went flying over the, the, the goal. It went flying over uh, your boy, uh, Carey Price. I'm telling you, you're, <laughs> Gallagher's lost some teeth tonight. I mean, he is just absolutely, his mouth is so bloody and so covered and doused with blood. It is just awesome. <laughs> I love it. It's always fun. Uh, most of my friends in hockey, in the NHL, all of them are missing massive amounts of teeth. Because that puck flies around and it means business, that rubber. I'm telling you, you do not want to get pop of that. Canadians get the puck out. They're just dominating the Flyers in this last couple minutes. Uh, the Flyers can't do anything right. I mean, the, the Canadians outworked them like nobody's business in this in this game. Just outworked them, flat out worked them. And now there's 20 seconds left and they're in the neutral zone. So this game's over. They're going to get an empty net goal right here. Boom, there it is. So 5-3, uh, the final. Canadians win it. So I'm three and one in, in hockey bets today, which I can live with. Oh, a little fight breaks out. Let's see if anybody gets punched in the mouth. Haymaker, 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 haymaker. Well done with a headbutt. Eye gouge. Haymaker, 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 haymaker. Rabbit punch. Haymaker, rabbit punch. Haymaker, haymaker, haymaker. Rabbit uppercut. Haymaker, haymaker, haymaker. Eye gouge. Knock him in the tea, kick him in the head, out with your friend, drink beer, drink beer, drink beer, mofo, drink beer. Hell, if you can't drink life from real can, what you got a beer in your hand? It's the end of that game. Anyway, uh, speaking of haymakers, did you see uh, this embarrassing story tonight? Just <laughs> I know exactly where you're going. This is so embarrassing. Oscar De La Hoya is coming back at 47 years old and he's going to box. He's not doing a, uh, like a Mike Tyson charity fight or whatever it is, you know, an exhibition, you know, Mike Tyson and Roy Jones for charity or whatever the hell they're doing it for. We're not taking any money. We're giving it all to charity. Uh, I don't want to watch. Listen, Mike Tyson at the end of his career was so bad. He was it was so embarrassing. The end of his career was so embarrassing. He was losing to the worst fight. Kevin Gilbride, all these other guys. Everyone, literally everyone he fought beat him. Everyone. Giants coach. What? (laughs) Yeah. Isn't that the former Giants coach, Kevin Gilbride? Listen, McBride, whatever the guy's name was. Was that the guy? What was it? Kenny McBride? What was the guy's name for the show? Eastbound and down. What's that one? Oh, yeah, yeah, I know. Oh, I think you're right. It might be Kenny McBride. I'll look it up. Anyway, Danny McBride. <laughs> right, that's the anyway. actor's name, Danny McBride. All right, so uh, everyone that fought Tyson in the end killed him. Yeah, Lennox Lewis killed him. Everyone killed him. Everyone. I mean, he got knocked out by everybody. In his last fight, he said, uh, I'll never forget. He's like, I'm done. That's it. I can't uh, take it anymore. I did it for the money. I needed the money to take care of my family. Uh, I don't want to fight anymore. I got nothing left. 
I can't take it. I, I don't have I don't have it in me. I don't have the heart. I'm done. I'm finished. I, and then here he is again with his, you know, Instagram videos and his TikTok videos or his Twitter videos, whatever the hell they are. And he's out showing that he can hit a bag and he can hit mitts. I mean, it's ridiculous. It's so stupid. It's so awful and embarrassing. No one, I, I, if you buy that fight, or if it's pay-per-view or whatever it is, if you buy that, then you are sick in the head. Mike Tyson is so finished, it's not even funny. Finished. Done. He's got nothing left. His brain is mush. He couldn't fight if it hit him in the face. Now, and, that fight might that's not even happen. Well, it shouldn't happen at all to begin with. But well, now, Jones is upset that they put it off because they were saying that he's like, I agreed to fight this date. Why would I move it back? And the promoters want to push it back so they could possibly get a crowd. And he's like, well, if you're going to, if you're pushing it back for to get more people, more people there, more people watching, that means I need more money. Like you're making more money. Why aren't I? So allegedly he's uh, threatening to pull out of that fight now. Well, he should because he's asked too. he's done too. And, uh, it makes no sense to me. What, what's wrong with these guys. Now, here's a question for you. Oscar is going to fight. He's coming out of retirement to box. And we all know he's an attention hoe. And we also know that he's a junkie. So how's he going to pass the drug test? I mean, let's get down to it. Like, let, let's just get down to it. I, I've known the guy forever, right? Mafia, have I known him forever? How many... How many times has he lied to me about drugs? Numerous times. Just as many as lied to everyone else. How many interviews has he done saying he's all clean? And... How many times has he told the world he's sober and the whole time he was drunk and high? The entire time. There have been a number of times, times now. How many times has he said he's clean and sober and he's cheated on his wife and everything else? Honestly. I mean, the stories are rampant. It's not even stories. It's documented. The guy, he's missed every, what has he not screwed up because of his partying? What has he not screwed up? Screwed up his business, screwed up all his relationships. No one will work with him. He had the best people in boxing working for him, Richard Schaefer and Bruce Pankow. Am I wrong? And he lost all of them. He fired them because he was high and drunk. Do you think he can pass a drug test? I have my doubts for sure. Doubts? I'll bet money he couldn't pass one right now in five minutes. He couldn't pass one right now, this very minute. Sounded like he was high with some of his quotes. I mean, you hear the one about, they, they just fight for the money. I fight for the glory, and glory will always win. No, the guy with the bigger punch is going to win. The guy who's 15 years younger is going to win. I don't care what you're fighting for, Oscar. He has absolutely no way, no reason no good intentions at all about anything like him fighting. Like, are you kidding me? You, you got to be kidding me. He's going to get killed, too. How would you like, you know, I don't even know. They should put someone good in there against him and get his ass beat. You know? I mean, he's fought everybody. I won't deny... Listen, there was a time when I was really good friends with Oscar, and I liked him a lot. And I had a lot of fun with him. He he did my show a million times. But I got sick of the lies. I got sick of the, the BS and the games he played. And then 
Uh, I got sick and tired of his act when he got rid of uh, Schaefer and Binkow, and then he got rid of me, right? Like, what did I have to do with that? I used to do all his uh, fights, the Golden Boy fights, right? I, I did every one of them for like 10 years. Did I not? And then he, he wrote everyone off. He got rid of everyone, anyone that had anything to do with him, he got rid of and changed everything, his company. And uh, oh, he put on a bunch of, you know, hangers on that just, yes, man. Anyone that uh, will do whatever he says, that's who works for him now. Bunch of people that say yes to him. Not the people that ran his company the right way and that had uh, his business better than ever on top of the world. And now what has he got? He's on Canelo's onions like no other because he has no other fighters that matter. He's got one fight and that guy can't stand him either. Now he's going to go box. He's going to get his ass beat. with you so uh, you can't deny it mafia like uh that you saw all this you were part of it for a little while right like you know I i'm just being honest i have no ill will whatsoever toward oscar i really don't i've been cool with oscar everybody knows if you look at my career we've always been friends and everything and people say oh well why would you say those things about him then well because it's true <laughs> it's true like he he fired everyone that was good to him, right? And then he, he got rid of everyone. Like, what did, and I'm just saying, like, I don't care. Get rid of me. That's fine. I, you know, no problem. <laughs> Whatever. Uh, but if, you think I'm going to lose sleep over not going to your fights? Uh, here's the deal. I've done everything. I worked with Don King for 15 years. People hated his guts. I worked for Oscar for a dozen years. Uh, no problems whatsoever. I got a big mouth. I sold his fights like no other. And then when, then when Binkow went to PBC at, with Al Heyman, uh, who'd they hire? And who did Showtime hire when they needed uh, somebody to promote their fights, Mafia? Who'd they hire? They hired you, of course. That's right. So uh, when, he, when he fired everyone that was ever good to him and got rid of people in his life that were good to him, uh, his life went downhill faster than you can spit. He went up, he went up to the top of the mountain and then he slid down the other side on a slippery slope. And I have no idea whatsoever what has gotten into him, why he's uh, fighting. Uh, at 47, he's finished, he's toast, he couldn't win if he tried. What kind of hack bum are they going to put him in there with uh, that he's going to fight? Like, it's so embarrassing. Uh, I don't even think, I, I really don't believe that uh, Canelo Alvarez likes him anymore at all either. I think Canelo wants to get rid of him, too, to be honest with you. I think Oscar's got his clamps in him. <laughs>